This afternoon we'll continue with the regular exposition of the confession of the church, the teaching of Holy Scripture as it's summarized and confessed by the church in Article 21 of the Belgic Confession. We'll read that together and you can find that on page 507 in the Book of Praise. watching via live stream and don't have access to a book of praise, you can Google that Belgic Confession and find Article 21, The Satisfaction of Christ our High Priest. And here the church confesses, we believe that Jesus Christ was confirmed by an oath to be a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He presented himself in our place before his father appeasing God's wrath by his full satisfaction, offering himself on the tree of the cross where he poured out his precious blood to purge away our sins as the prophets had foretold. For it is written in Isaiah 53, verses 5, 7, and 12, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. He was like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and was numbered with the transgressors, and condemned as a criminal by Pontius Pilate, though he had first declared him innocent. He restored what he had not stolen, Psalm 69, verse 4. He died as the righteous for the unrighteous, 1 Peter 3, verse 18. He suffered in body and soul, feeling the horrible punishment caused by our sins, and the sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke 22, verse 44. Finally, he exclaimed, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27, verse 46. All this he endured for the forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, we justly say with Paul that we know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. We count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Philippians 3 verse 8. We find comfort in his wounds and have no need to seek or invent any other means of reconciliation with God than this only sacrifice once offered by which the believers are perfected for all times. Hebrews 10 verse 14. This is also the reason why the angel of God in Matthew 1, verse 21, called him Jesus, that is, Savior, for he would save his people from their sins. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, having just read the form for the celebration of Lord's Supper this morning, it's not hard to recognize that there are similarities between this form and Article 21 of the Belgic Confession. Both the form and Article 21 focus on Christ's atoning work as a sacrifice in our place. The Belgic Confession applies the statement that we know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified that was also displayed as we came in to worship in the building here this afternoon. And they apply this statement of this text by giving such a central role to Christ's priestly work that one has to search carefully to find mention of his work as a prophet and king. 
It's clear that the satisfaction of Christ our high priest stands as a major part of the foundation of the gospel the church proclaims. And we rejoice that he is the high priest who offered his own life as a sacrifice. And we praise God that we can share the benefits of this atonement. We eat the bread and drink from the cup with the mouth of faith as an expression that we truly believe everything we confess in Article 21. We remember his suffering and death in the understanding that he endured all these things for the forgiveness of our sins. And we're assured that our sins are forgiven as certainly as we eat and drink in remembrance of him. Christ's wounds, his suffering, his death, make all the difference for believers. And I preach you this gospel under the theme, the church finds comfort in Christ's wounds. We'll see that his wounds reveal his love, heal his church, and seal our salvation. The cross was a Roman instrument of torture that was not even allowed to be used on Roman citizens themselves. We learn that at the time Jesus was crucified, the Romans forced him to carry the cross, or perhaps the cross piece, to the place of execution. There their bodies would be nailed to the wood, lifted up and suspended from an upright pole. The ensuing death would be slow and agonizing. Hung naked just a few feet above the onlookers who could be heard speaking to one another, and wagging their heads and mocking those who were hanging there. The heart would be pounding to to keep some blood flowing to the inflamed, burning, slowly breaking body. The muscles of the crucified person would overstrain. The, The joints would slowly pull apart and acute thirst would follow. We read a lot of this description also in Psalm 22. And our Lord Jesus was condemned to this kind of slow and agonizing death. And we can see, with a little bit of description, we can see his wounds in our minds. Wounds in his body, wounds in his soul. We read that the agony of the Garden of Gethsemane returned to him on the cross when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did not shout this truth out for himself, but so that you and I might be assured that he was truly cursed by God in heaven, so that we would never more be cursed by God. His wounds reveal his love. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 to 23, explain that a man who has been hung on a tree as a punishment for his crime is cursed by God. And Jesus understood that in order to bear the curse of God against mankind, he too would need to be lifted up. And he explains that even in John 3, he needed to be lifted up like the bronze serpent that Moses hung from a pole to bring an end to the plague of snakes. And so Jesus knew why his father had forsaken him. That was why Jesus had come. It was necessary according to God's plan for our salvation. Jesus, we read in Psalm 110, had been sworn on oath for this work by God himself 
as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And you can read more about that if you read Hebrews 7. Galatians 3 verse 13 explains that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Jesus Christ's wounds show us what kind of death and hell we deserve for our sins. Christ's wounds assure us that he was cursed for us. Our Lord Jesus' wounds reveal to us his amazing self-sacrificial and eternal love. If Jesus had been forced to die against his will, it would be possible to question the sincerity of his love. But when we turn to the scriptures, we learn to our joy and, and surprise perhaps that there's no reason to doubt the sincerity of his love. As we confess, Jesus Christ, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, the Son of God who took on our human flesh, he presented himself. That's how we word it in the confession. Jesus presented himself in our place before his Father. He offered himself on the tree of the cross where he poured out his own precious blood to purge away our sins. The gospel message is that the Son of God chose to take on our human nature so that he could subject himself to this exact suffering under God's wrath because of his love for his church. When we think about this, we see how Jesus' wounds confirm his love. As we sang together in Psalm 40, Jesus said that he had come to do the Lord's will. He submitted himself to the Father's will to ordain him as a priest who would offer his own sinless body as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of everyone who believes in him. Christ's willingness to take the wounds that you and I deserved reveal his love. And by his wounds, the church is healed. Isaiah 53 verse 5 reveals the gospel of the suffering servant of God. The prophecy, and you can follow along in, in, in the prophet it's himself in Isaiah 53. The prophecy explains that the promised servant of God would be despised and rejected. And then it starts in verses 3 to 4 to describe the despisal and the rejection by men so that he would be familiar with our griefs and our sorrows. And then verses 4b to 5 explains that he would also be smitten and afflicted by God when he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. Our sinful nature gives us the rebellious desire to, to go astray from the Lord's will like, like sheep that turn away from the care of their shepherd to Follow whatever their foolish and short-sighted desire, whatever foolish and short-sighted desire arises in their hearts. Earlier in this prophecy, Isaiah compares the sin and guilt of iniquity to a wound. A wound that affects us from the top of our head to the very soles of our feet. 
like a debilitating illness or a, a bloody wound all over our body, our guilt and God's condemnation of this guilt and, and the blows of chastisement and punishment that our sins deserve, they defile us. They make us unclean. They make us unable to stand in the presence of God in peace without His grace. But the Scriptures make it clear then there's no promise of free and universal atonement outside of faith in Christ. But rather the Scriptures repeat emphatically that guilt must be atoned for. That every person is, is born in sin. And that if we ever want peace and healing for our wound, for our soul, we must look to God. We must endure the consequences of our wound if we do not find someone to bear the consequences of our guilt in our place. That's why Isaiah 53 is such a favorite chapter in the Scriptures. Because it's a clear announcement that God has sent His servant as a substitute who takes our wound upon Himself and pays for them with His own death. Pointing forward to Christ's atoning In substitutionary suffering and death, Isaiah announces the marvelous gospel that we confess in Article 21 of the Belgic Confession. Upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. With the words healing, the prophet means that there is complete freedom from all those things that caused the suffering servant to die. Well, Peter, thinking of Isaiah 53, he explains the promise of healing in his exhortation to the servants who find themselves suffering unjustly under harsh masters. Peter's mind, as he explains this, moves from the physical wounds of the servants, the slaves, to the suffering of Jesus Christ, who called us to do good even if we are punished for it by wicked men. Christ's suffering, says Peter, is an example of how we should entrust ourselves to the Lord who judges justly, rather than to respond to persecution with sin and deceit. Jesus' submission to his Father's plan was made clear when he went to his death, not like a a resisting and afraid lamb about to be slaughtered, But he went resolutely and willingly and without resistance, like a sheep who quietly waits in line for his wool to be sheared. But Christ's suffering is more than just an example for all those who are beaten physically, because the wounds on his back were not just the ones from a soldier's hand. We read in Isaiah, the Lord laid our iniquity on Christ instead of on us. It's Isaiah 53, verse 6. And like a lamb led to the slaughter, he offered himself as a sacrifice for the sins of everyone who believes in him. He made himself to be sin and a sin offering, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that he might bear the punishment that we deserve, take upon himself the wounds that had been covering us from head to toe, since the fall into sin. Peter says it very clearly in chapter 3, verse 
24, 2 verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Just like unjust masters cause the, the whipping of an innocent servant. So the rebellious sinner is responsible for the wounds that Jesus bore. And so Peter is saying to the, the very beaten and bruised servants who may have had scars of whippings all over their backs, he told them that they themselves were guilty of the wounds on Jesus Christ. Although he was innocent of all the sins that were laid upon his sh- shoulders, he did not open his mouth to revile and return or to defend himself. He only spoke to encourage to comfort, to teach his church, for this is why he had come. His words on the cross knew that it was the will of God to crush him, as we read in Isaiah 53, verse 11, to put him to grief, so that through his death, the people of God could be healed, could be raised up with him to new life. Our Lord Jesus wanted to make it possible for us to die to sin so that we might live to righteousness. This is what the healing means. Being healed means having the guilt of your sin removed in the eyes of the Lord. Being healed means dying to sin. Being healed means receiving a new heart that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. This healing by his wounds comes to everyone who believes because in Christ we are in a new relationship with God. The Spirit works within our hearts to to fight against everything that is accursed. And when you look at Revelation 22, the promise of healing, the leaves of healing also describe it's a freedom from everything that's accursed. And we confess in Belgic Confession, Article 21, that we find comfort in his wounds. We have no need to look or to seek or invent any other means of reconciliation with God than this only sacrifice once offered by which the believers are perfected for all times. Those who believe in Jesus Christ will not be condemned, but they have eternal life. Jesus said, That when he is lifted up from the earth, you can read about that in John 12, verses 31 to 32. He said, when he is lifted up from the earth, he would draw all people to himself. For the world will be judged according to how they respond to this message of the cross. The cross comes with a call to a decision. The cross makes us gaze upon the wounds of Jesus Christ. And the question is there. Would you prefer to stand before the most holy God, covered with your own wounds of sin and guilt? Or will you believe that God cleansed you from your wounds when he punished Christ who bore those wounds for you? The wound of sin has been punished in Christ. And everyone who believes in him shares in his healing. His wounds seal our salvation. And our confession is very clear that the wounds of Christ are sufficient to satisfy God's justice, to ensure our salvation. There is nothing more that needs to be done by us to appease God's wrath against sin. 
Christ endured the, the wounds for the forgiveness of our sins. His wounds seal our salvation. And the Lord has no further need or desire to punish those who believe in Jesus Christ any longer. If you believe that he suffered God's wrath for you, and if you continue to express this in, in confession and, and eating of the, the sacrament with the mouth of faith, you can be assured that all your sins are forgiven. Nothing else is necessary. You don't need to do anything in your own strength. We're saved by grace alone. In Titus 3, verses 3 to 7, makes it very clear the, the contrast. Although the, the wound of our sinful nature makes us inclined, and then Titus says to be foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Timothy, Titus continues to say, God did not leave us in our unclean state of condemnation. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And it is for this reason that the church confesses together with the apostle. Therefore, we, we justly say with Paul that we know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. When Paul says he knows nothing except Christ crucified, it is an emphatic way of saying that there is nothing more important for him in this life. Just like the blood of the sin and the guilt offerings were promising atonement and reconciliation with God and served as a foundational part of every other offering where the emphasis was on a dedicated life to God like in the burnt offering. Or thanksgiving, like in the grain and the drink offerings. Or peace with God and your neighbor in, in the fellowship offerings. So also the satisfaction of Christ our high priest is the necessary starting point and the foundation of the entire Christian life. If we don't have peace with God through Christ, nothing else matters. And we see this reality face to face when we are confronted with disease or death. When we seek comfort, the time of the loss or the death of a loved one, what is the only thing that brings comfort? What is the, the thing in, that our minds always turn to, the, the, the questions we always seek answered? Is it not the faith of that person? Is it not knowing that the wounds of Christ were offered as a punishment from God that the deceased person deserves. We find that the kindness of the person throughout their lives or what they did in society or how successful they were in this life or how many days they worked or how, many, how nice their house was, these things are insignificant 
Paul even speaks of them as, as rubbish if they're not based on the surpassing worth of sharing in the eternal benefits of Christ's sacrifice. There is comfort in his wounds. The only thing that really matters is faith and the promises that the deceased loved one has in Jesus Christ. And Christians live every moment of their lives in this understanding, with this priority. Nothing is more important than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. For in Him we have peace with God. He is the way and the truth and the life like we'll, we'll also sing. If the person who dies believes in Jesus Christ, then that person is washed clean in Christ's blood, perfected in His righteousness. We never need to doubt the salvation of those who believe in Christ Jesus crucified. And that's why the satisfaction of Christ, our high priest, is central to our worship, central to the preaching, central to the visible signs and seals that God instituted for us in the holy sacraments. And may we again be comforted today as we turn our hearts and minds to celebrate the wounds of Christ, who confirmed the new and eternal testament when he promised the church it's finished. He's done it all. Let's find comfort in his wounds. Amen.